Washington football team declassified. Real, raw, authentic Washington football team sports talk. Get it, yeah. Welcome to the official Washington football talk declassified podcast, part of the declassified sports network. We're here to bring you real, raw, authentic Washington football team conversation. Keep the conversation going. Let's get it. All right. I got uh, Eric Rogers. What's going on, man? Chilling. What's up? How you doing? Long time no see. Long time no see. Long, long time, man. Um, so the the Washington football team just happened. And <laughs> give me your instant reaction to what we just witnessed. Uh, uh... I think, well, it's the end of end of Dwayne Haskins, as we know him. Um, and I think it couldn't have come too soon. I really, I was really hoping they would ditch him before halftime or at halftime, um, especially with that first drive, you know, that Carolina came out with in the second half that they just took up like the whole second or uh, the whole third quarter and uh, just ran down the clock. And then they trotted Haskins out. Of course, he stunk it up. Um, it's just, a, you know, it ended up just being a big waste of time. I think if Heineke had been ready to go at, at halftime instead of like that late point into the fourth quarter, I think there could have maybe been something done. Um, you know, there, there might've been a little bit of a better chance, not that, you know, Heineke's, you know, was a surefire thing to bring him back, but they definitely showed life under him that they didn't show under Haskins. You know, you and I spoke earlier in the year uh, before the season started, as a matter of fact, and I remember you weren't as high on Haskins as I was going into the season because I had asked you to rank the quarterbacks in the division. and <laughs> You did not put Haskins number one. I, I think I'm starting to see yeah, that you well, were right about Carson that. Wentz number one. I put <laughs> Carson Wentz at number one, so don't put too much stock into what I say. Uh, yeah, well, I actually, but what's funny is I actually, I did like Haskins. I just didn't like him as much as I, as, as I thought Prescott and Wentz were. I didn't think he was as good as Prescott and Wentz. I had him above Daniel Jones, and I was mm-hmm. way off on that as well. Um, yeah, I actually, you know, I had hopes because I really liked the way that he progressed last year. Um, you know, he got better every game, it seemed like, last year, and he really seemed like he was making strides. And it just, he just, you know, and even after I was even still making excuses for him when he first got benched after the Baltimore game where, you know, he threw for 300 yards. Um, but, you know, he did obviously made some mistakes. Um, you know, I really didn't, I really didn't lose, you know, hope in him until kind of when he started calling in sick, like right after he got benched, that was kind of a bad look. And that's when I really started to sour on him. And then just, you know, hearing the things that were coming out from reliable sources that, you know, weren't so flattering. I kind of lost faith in him at that point, but you know, I did, again, I liked him. I just, you know, thought he was going to be kind of a middle of the road quarterback. Um, you, 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 you mentioned, not. you mentioned his progression last year that didn't seem to take place this year. And I, I, I agree with you. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that we didn't keep O'Connell as the OC. I, I feel like O'Connell had a relationship with Haskins that allowed him to be successful. He seems like the type of player that needs to feel the confidence from his coaches in order to be successful. And I don't think Ron and this staff are just going to hand him that type of confidence. You know what I mean? In the league, just because I guess he hasn't been here long enough for Ron's liking, but it is what it is. I mean, the, the experiment at this point is over. 
And if you don't agree with that, I don't know what you're looking at because there's no way he's coming back next right. season. Yeah, as of today, there's yeah, there's no way he's not coming back next week. You know. Yeah, yeah, he's well, done. Yeah. He's he's out of here, and it sucks, but that's the way it goes. It's a business. Um, exactly. Eric, the, there's been a lot of talk about the playoffs, the playoffs, the playoffs, and I've been in the boat of. I'm not really concerned about the playoffs. I just want to see growth in the team and in the organization. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think maybe the playoffs would be uh, – I'm not, I'm not excited about going to the playoffs. I think long-term it's a better – it's really better for, to not make the playoffs as much as I would like to see the team in the playoffs this year. And I honestly think with a healthy Alex Smith, they could, they could at least win a game in the playoffs, depending on who they get. Like, I think if, I think they could beat Tampa, like if they came in, cause Brady, you know, Brady's kryptonite is, is a strong front four that doesn't need a blitz. And, you know, historically that's the type of defense that has had success against them. And that's exactly what we have. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, how well we would do against some of the other teams, but I think that, you know, the way it's shaping up that Tampa was a, a likely opponent. So I think that they could you know make a little noise if they got there, if Alex Smith could play, but I mean, just long-term, I just don't see it because you're talking about the difference between pick, you know, 10 or 11 and pick, you know, 19 or 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it, you know, short-term instant gratification. Yeah. I want to make the playoffs, but I think, you know, if you take a long-term approach, which I think the organization is, maybe it's, you know, I won't say it's better to not make the playoffs, but there's definitely a blessing uh, in there that, you know, there's a bright side to not making the playoffs this year. Because uh, the team really needs a lot of help next year on offense. There's just the cupboard is really bare on offense, and they really need as many high picks or as high a pick as they can get, and as much you know am- ammunition to you know make moves, make trades they need to make. And you can do that if you've got higher picks. Um, and that's where I stand on it. I think you know I'd still like to see them make a playoff, make the playoffs. I just don't, you know, if they don't, I'm not going to be crushed about it. Yeah, I, you know, you look at the offense and Terry McLaurin was out and there was just nothing there today. I mean, you know, you have McKissick, you got uh, Gibson. Gibson's a, a big piece of the future, if you ask me. Terry McLaurin is as well. Beyond that, I don't really know what there is that I would consider major key contributors going forward. Yeah, I think I like I like J.D. McKissick a lot. I do think he he's a much better version of like what we had with Chris Thompson. Yeah. Um, I do like him. I think he can, he can be a, a big contributor because uh, he's really sure even that catch he made was, that was a brilliant catch. I don't know, you know, you, if you really look at that and you're, that was a really amazing catch that he made, you know, just based on the fact that the guy not only grabbed his arm, but grabbed his leg and tried to trip him up and he kept, you know, that was a fantastic catch. And he's been making that kind of play all season and he's showing what he can do in the passing game and in space. And he's, you know, runs here and there. So I like him. Um, I don't know what to think about Logan Thomas. Like I want to like him, but I just, I think he can be, you can do better. Yeah. Like I think if he's your best tight end, you could probably, you, you, you know, you're not in great shape. I like him. I like him a lot more than I did at the beginning of the season, but I just, I don't, he, he's definitely ne- never going to be a superstar, but I think he's, he can be like a productive, like tight end too. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm I, somewhat spoiled by, you know, having, you know, when he was out there, Jordan Reed was just, just like an athletic freak and you really, like it really hits home looking at like Logan Thomas. He's just kind of plodding through the passing game. He doesn't have great hips. He doesn't have great movement. He just kind of, you know, he's a straight line runner. He had, he had that sweet jump play today, which I thought was great, but you don't see a lot of that. Um, so, you know, he's, you know, he's a key, but yeah, outside of that, um, you know, people, 
I think people, uh, the hype train on somebody like Cam Sims is a little too high. He's made a few plays this year. He surprised me a little bit. He seems to do really well against like zone defenses. And when the play breaks down, he can find a spot to sit down, wait for the ball. That seems to be his niche. He cannot beat man coverage. I've never seen him make a play, make a catch when he was being covered man to man. He just doesn't have the separation. Um, if he's like, you know, he can stick around, you know, but if he's, you know, your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, you're probably in trouble. Like, like you are this year. Um, so yeah, I don't. There's not a lot. Steven Sims. I hope he has a bus ticket waiting for him after next week. Honestly, <laughs> I could, I'm done with that dude. What what happened to Maybe. him, Eric? What what he, we know, thought man. he was a star. He really looked like it last year to me, and then he just sort of he just can't get out of his own way this year. You know, he's good. Like, it seems like every week he's good for like a drop on third down, um, or just a stupid fumble like he did. You know, I, I never understood why he was back there returning punts. I mean, it's fast. But he, you know, he gets tackled by a stiff breeze. He, he, yeah, he's just not. Yeah, he can go. I'm not. Yeah, I won't miss him at all if he's gone. Um, yeah, outside of that, I mean, the offensive line seems to be you know gelling a little bit better. I think they seem to be playing better down the stretch. And I think uh, I was kind of in the camp early this year. I don't know where you were, but like with Brandon Sheriff, like kind of let him walk. But he's. I, he, this is the best I've seen him play since probably like his second year in the league. He's been really good when he's been in there this year. Um, and he made a huge difference on the offensive line. So I'm like, I would almost lean toward maybe bringing him back, depending on what the salary cap looks like and what, you know, what kind of money he's asking for. Cause he is injury prone and he's getting up there. He's, I think he's 30 this year, but man, he's been, he's just been like dominant this year. Um, and you know, Moses is Moses. He goes, uh, Albert Hainsworth rolls around on the field, gets carried off, and then he's back two plays later. He does that still, like, almost every week. Um, but he's, you know, he's been reasonably effective. Uh, left tackle, still a big question mark. I think the guy that – I don't even remember what the guy's name is they got playing in there now. He did. He's okay, but he's definitely not – I wouldn't want him as my starting left tackle for 16 games. Let's put it that way. Uh, was it David Sharp? Is that who it is? I seriously forgot the guy's name. I should be better about this. Yeah. Yeah, you it was. Uh, I I do, I do, and but they also drafted Sadiq Charles, so I think we have to see what he's going to do next year if he can stay healthy. I'm not sure. Um, it, it's iffy, but he's there. You mentioned Logan Thomas too, and one thing I really don't yeah, like we'll about he Logan played all in one play and got injured this year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Logan Thomas, I he has such a small catching radius. You know what I mean? Like it seems like difficult catches. Yeah are not his thing. Like if you, if you put the ball on him, he'll catch it. He'll make a play. He'll turn up the field, get what he can, but he's not one of those dynamic tight ends that is going to help a quarterback out. Who's not that accurate. Yes, you are correct. That's another thing that bugs me about him. And again, I don't, I, I'd say about the first quarter of the season, I really didn't like him, um, but he has kind of come on recently. He's found a really nice niche. Um, you know, he'll catch a three-yard out pattern and take it eight yards and pick up a first down. Uh, I do like that about him. Um, but, like, last week he had, like, 14 catches for 100 yards, which is, like, eight yards a catch. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a big game, but at the same time it's like, man, what could, like, an athletic tight end do with 14 catches, you know? Right. Um, but you're, you're exactly right. The catch radius just isn't there. And that's another thing I have with Cam Sims. Um, you know, he's got that big – he's got the big, long arms. He's 6'5". He can jump out of the gym, but he just – you have to hit him in the numbers or he's not going to catch it. 
Yeah, it's it's tough to make a living on offense when you have to be perfect. And that's that's yeah. the issue with the team this year is that it requires them to be perfect. And I think that's why so many people get excited about Alex Smith because he's mostly mistake free and he's relatively accurate. I'm not an Alex Smith apologist. I don't really think he's that good. I think he might be um, just enough to make us OK. Um, and honestly, I would rather have seen us just play Haskins all year to really understand what we found out today. You know what I mean? Because I feel like we could have found this out six weeks ago and then yeah. maybe been trying something else if we didn't bench him so soon. But And had we had the division not have been so bad all year, I think that probably would have been the case. Um, I actually do like Alex Smith quite a bit. I know he's he's not he's not he's not. Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, he's not flashy, but he's just, he's a defense's best friend because he, all he does is, you know, he may, you know, he may drive, you know, six, seven plays, 25 yards, but that's enough because what he does, he puts you in a position where when you're punting, you know, you're punting from your 40 instead of punting from your 15. Whereas like when Haskins comes in and goes three and out from the 20 yard line, that's what you're doing. You know, at that point, the, def the other team is getting the ball at their 15, their 20, as opposed to their 35, their 40. And that's a huge difference. And that's a, that's a real thing that Alex Smith has done his entire career that just, I don't think gets enough love. Um, Cause if you look, I, I, there was a stat um, I read a few weeks ago about Smith is like what he, what his numbers look like in wins versus losses. It's crazy. Cause he averages like, a little bit under 200 yards and a touchdown wins any, you know, in losses, any game that he throws 300 yards, he's lost. Um, you know, if he's putting up big time numbers, you're in trouble. Uh, but right. if he's, you know, just playing that nice conservative brand of ball, you know, he's not going to score every time, but he's going to go down. He's going to get you three. He's going to lead one or two touchdown drives a game and he's going to leave it up to his defense. He's going to give his defense a break. You know, they can get back out and come out fresh and you see that. And you know, that, that's been a huge, that was a huge boon. I think, Washington's record since 2018 when he joined the team, which I know it's a weird sample size because of the big injury and everything, but they're like 10 and five in games that he starts and they're like six and 27 in games that he hasn't started. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, that just tells you all you need to know. I mean, they play, you know, mistake-free football is good enough. I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty, which is why, you know, I don't miss guys like Kirk Cousins. And I was just kind of reading some of the chatter uh, based on late in the game of people like wanting to see Heineke next week, even if Smith is healthy. I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> We're such an overreacting fan base. It's unreal. I, know. I was like, you know, I was watching Heineke play and it was fun. Like I get it. He was fun to watch at the end of the game, but you know what I saw the whole time I was just watching. It was like, I was watching Rex Grossman. Yes. Cause that's exactly what, you know, he's just like, F it. I'm going deep and chucking it. And he got, he got away with like two or three throws that should have been interceptions that weren't, but I mean, that'll you know, that'd be fun to watch. I'd rather watch that than Haskins. Cause ugh, Haskins was just, was just terrible and he's totally you can tell he's just lost the team uh, there was so little like spark there was no energy when he was out there at least it kind of picked up again when Heineke comes in but yeah Heineke over Smith is just nonsense stop talking about that but yeah I, I did it was fun to watch him at the end of the game you know we talked a lot about or you know it's been talked about a lot that this defense is quote-unquote elite or on the way to becoming elite, I think that there are significant holes at the linebacker position that are going to prevent us from getting there until we fill those holes. I like what they can do against certain teams, but I think that we've started, we've, we're starting to see some issues that can be exploited if you know how. Carolina set a lot yep. of receivers down just behind the line, in front of the linebackers, and we couldn't do a thing about it all game yep and then when we start with when the other team starts getting a lot of that momentum then our tackling becomes an issue because we start pressing 
it's it's something we have to clean up. You know, especially if you guys are talking about playoffs and none of that, we're going to make some noise. We got some issues there too. I like the defense way more than I like the offense. It's just not perfect yet. Absolutely. I think when you look at the defense, what you really, what's really missing on that defense uh, is a true legit middle linebacker. Um, you've got not that Bostic or, you know, Sean Deion Hamilton or Cole Holcomb have been bad, but they're just not middle linebackers. And when you think of like a Rivera defense or a Del Rio defense, you think about like a Luke Keekley in there or um, a Brian Erlacher. You've got a super freak, super smart, athletic freak linebacker that can make plays all over the field that can get back and cover. And that's the kind of, that's what they're missing um, on that defense. And I think, you know, they just don't have, you know, they have a guy in Bostic that can make all the calls and he can get everybody in the right position but he's just not you know he's a strong side linebacker uh Reuben Foster even if he came back healthy he's a strong side linebacker or you know actually uh Reuben Foster's probably a weak side but you know they just don't have that one true guy in the middle that can really hold it all together um you know safety position you know there's been so many injuries back there but I think you know I really like Cam Curl I think he's just been making plays like crazy I think he you know he can be a real contributor um before today, I really liked Jeremy Reeves. He kind of stunk it up in the first half. He always reminded me kind of like a Ryan Clark type player. Yeah. Who just knew how to do his job and just, you know, he's not going to make flashy plays. He's just going to do his job and do it right. Um, but again, you saw some of his limitations today, like, you know, just getting carried down the field by like a physically dominant player. It's not a whole lot he can do about that. He was in the right spot. He just didn't have it physically to make the play in that situation. Um, but yeah, I think you can improve. Um, I think that Cam Curl may have made um, – Landon Collins, a little bit expendable. If you can eat that salary or find somebody to take that. I think Cam, you know, he's really, you know, he kind of was, he, he kind of, you know, was a little, you know, I guess Collins wasn't that great to begin with the start of the year, but you're a little worried about that when he went down, but you really have to miss the beat. Cause I think Curl's probably made more plays in the passing game than Collins would have. Um, but yeah, I think as to your point, the defensive line is, is really stout. And if we can just, you know, do like use the Pittsburgh game plan where we rush for, keep everything in front of us and just make tackles. Uh, you know, we can win a lot of games that way, but when you have like a potent offense or you have an offense with a quarterback that can, you know, break the pocket every once in a while, like Bridgewater did today, like Russell Wilson did a little bit last week. Um, and Kyler Murray just gashes on at the beginning of the year, then you're going to see problems. Um, and again, with the type of offense that we play, like the Alex Smith type offense, if you have an, if you're playing an explosive team, you just don't have a chance because there's, you just can't put a lot of points on the board. Um, but again, yeah. you know, somebody like Smith makes a is a huge help for the defense just because he gives he gives them the rest that they need and he gets them he doesn't put them in a bad spot. Um, but yeah, I think you know the defense is way farther along than the offense, and the defense can, as as you saw, uh, really in Pittsburgh and San Francisco, the defense can really win the game. Um, they can carry the team uh, against, as you said, like a certain type of team, which is like what getting back to like Tampa. I really think like you know, the, what Arians likes to do is just drop Brady back and have him launch it. And the way Brady has always struggled when he, you know, Brady will kill a blitz, but if you can get pressure on four or with four guys, you know, he really struggles against that. So that would be a really good matchup against us. And I, I honestly think that even the Rams as, as bad as we played against them, I think we could probably play a little better because we're a much better team with Alex Smith, you know, healthy and competent than we were, you know, the first time they played. Um, so yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see, but uh, I definitely see your point about the defense. We can definitely get better in some key spots, but they're way further along than the offense. The offense just needs an overhaul. Absolutely. And I, But one thing I think it's important for people to understand, I think people see Alex Smith playing and say, 
well, this is what they're doing right now because they have Alex Smith, and that's why the offense looks like this. No, no, no. That's what they want this offense to be. They want to involve the running backs a lot. They did the same thing in Carolina. Um, you know, they have a stud receiver here in Terry like they did with uh, Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore in Carolina. But this is a very lateral offense. And they're, they're trusting yes. the playmakers once they get their ball, the ball in their hands to make the plays and make defenders miss and then, you know, get get some yak. It is fr- Yeah, it's frustrating to watch because um, I had a lot of complaints about Scott Turner, especially earlier in the year, because, you know, you're trying to run the Carolina offense without – Greg Olson and Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. And it's not uh, as easy to run it when you don't have those guys. Um, Gibson has really come a long way. I'm really surprised they haven't used him in the passing game as much as I thought they would. Um, but uh, obviously McKissick's done a good job with that, but you're, you're absolutely right. I think they just want uh, those positionless players to come and just make plays, they, you know, get the ball in their hands, get them a little bit of space Um and just let them make plays. And, you know, you have, you know, Gibson, you have McKissick, you have McLaurin. Those are about the only three guys on offense that can really do that. You'd like to think Steven Sims can, but no, you can't. Yeah. Um, so I think you're going to see, you know, in the draft this year in the off season, it's going to be really interesting to see what type of player they go after. I think you're going to see a lot of like running back receiver hybrid types. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what Curtis Samuels uh, contract situation is down in Carolina, but that's a guy I would definitely look at. Absolutely. Um, if Scott, you could. If you can. He might cost a pretty penny. Scott yeah. Turner. <laughs> Scott exactly. Turner. I didn't like the Scott Turner hire. I think you just said you weren't really fond of that hire um, coming into the season. He hasn't really changed my mind at all either uh, since the season has progressed. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see something a little bit more dynamic in, in in terms of the offense I, I like involving running backs it's cool it's not that much fun to watch unless you have a McCaffrey or a healthy Gibson um, who's also involved in the passing game like you said um, it just didn't seem like the right move to me but I get it because Ron wants to win with defense and just complement that with offense but um, did, has Scott Turner changed your mind at all as the season's going on not I'd like I'm willing to give him a I'm willing to give him a chance with better players that's the one caveat he hasn't really impressed me a lot but he also doesn't have the horses to run his offense um but on the flip side of that you'd like to see a coordinator be able to tailor his offense to what he has and I don't think Turner has done that very well um you know I think not that really because they they don't have a lot um so I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know what, what they could actually do, but you know, the best play they seem to have is the one where like you run all the way to one side of the field and throw it back to the other side of the camp. Sim. <laughs> that always seems to work, but that's not really a play that you draw up. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not super impressed with him, but I, you know, I see what he wants to do. Uh, so I'm willing to give him a chance, you know, before I start calling for his head to, you know, maybe, maybe get a little, get a little, uh, get some better horses to run with and see what he can do uh, with that point. I am uh, a, a little bit happier that he seems to have committed to the run more than he did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, he's, he's more willing to run the ball. I think he was doing a, way too many of those vertical swing passes. The one thing that needs to go is the uh, seven step drop with the pass back to the line of scrimmage. That just needs to get thrown. Oh, in scrappy. Yeah. That's the worst. I hate it. <laughs> Especially when Logan Thomas is the one catching it, you know he's not going to make it ten yards. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's so frustrating to watch. 
and and one saving grace, I'll, or at least one pass I'll give Scott Turner is this was his first offseason actually installing an offense. He's never done that before. Right. Uh, and it was a weird offseason where you didn't have your normal amount of time. Let's see next year. Because if this stuff happens again next year, I'm like, get him out of here, you know? Yeah. They, you know, they, with this, with the salary cap space, they should have this year with the draft picks they should have this year. They should be able to get some guys in and with an off season um, that they can actually see the guys in mini camps and, you know, OTAs or whatever they got going on um, where they can actually see what they have and not just get the training camp and try to figure it all out. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see some progress next year with that for sure. You know, yeah, absolutely. And, then you, t- you go a step up and then there's Ron Rivera. And for me this year, uh, I've, I've questioned a lot of his decision-making, namely benching Haskins as early as he has, chasing the division when I feel like development should have been the most important thing, including making sure that you're positioned correctly in the draft for the best pick possible since we have so many offensive needs. Um, the the offseason itself had some questionable signings that didn't really do much for me. Now there's a reports that Kyle Smith's going to be on the way out uh, this offseason. So Ron Rivera's kind of been a mixed bag for me this year. I think if I had to grade him right now, he's probably in the C minus category for me. Um, and notwithstanding the team is six and what, six and eight, six and nine right now. So it's not like we've been ultra successful either. Um, where do you stand on Ron Rivera? Um, I, I like, I like Ron Rivera a lot. He's exactly what the team needs. Um, just from an overall perspective, um, you know, where, you know, where this team was not just on the field, but just everywhere. Um, it was kind of, we were a laughing stock. Uh, there was a lot of backbiting, a lot of just, you know, just stuff going on in the background that it was just, you know, getting leaks out. There was constant leaks coming from the organization. Uh, so from that standpoint, I, the, the word culture is overused now, but I mean, that's the appropriate word for this, for an overall culture change. And it's exactly the, the hire that we needed for this. From an X's and O's standpoint, um, I see your point. He's he's never been the greatest, uh, you know, clock manager, the greatest play caller. Um, the riverboat stuff kind of bugs me a little bit. Um, you know, the, the two-point conversion against the Giants just kills me even now. I still get angry about that. Um, yeah. Not only that, but the play call was terrible on that too. But um, yeah, so so there's a lot. It's I, I would give it a mix. I'd give him a higher grade. I'd give him probably like B in the B range because um, I definitely think that we could have. There didn't seem the focus of the organization seemed to shift uh, halfway through. But again, I think it's a product of how bad the division is. Like he really was like, well, hey, we could speed up our progress and get a division title in here. So let's chase the division, even though that may, you know, from a long-term standpoint, that may not have been the best option, especially considering how safe his job is for the next few years. Like he really could have just taken this year to be a development year and let Haskins run. And I think we could have found out Haskins wasn't the answer probably around week nine. I think we would have known had he gone all the way through that he just wasn't the guy. Then we could have shifted and you would have saved Kyle Allen, that horrible injury um, potentially. Um, And, you know, we'd probably be finding out about two weeks ago that Kyle Allen wasn't the guy either. Um, (laughs) Sure. We'll yeah. see. But now we don't know that. We're gonna have to wait till next year because I'm sure it'll be back to, to, to take oh, that question. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Ron is he's what the organization needs, and I don't I have no problem with him right now. Um and the players seem to love him at you know the you know, there's there's a respect around the organization that hasn't been there in quite some time. Um so the, the thing that the thing that really bugs me about that is he and uh, guys like him and Jason Wright and Kyle Smith, should he stick around, are you know, finally 
pointing us in the right direction just in time for Dan Snyder to be removed as owner <laughs> and everything will change <laughs> if a new guy comes in. So yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I, you, you hit it on the head for me, man. Like if, if he would have just let Haskins flame out on his own by playing until like week nine, I'd have been all on board, but I think by making that move so quick, and then to do it, to say, okay, we're doing this to make the playoffs. And then you lose the majority of the next three or four games. It just didn't, it wasn't a good look at that time, but um, no, nonetheless, here we are. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing about Ron Rivera that concerned me at the time of the hire was just his win loss record. Wasn't fantastic. And then you take away that 15 and one season he had where Cam Newton basically put his team on the back on his back. It, the record's not is even less good. I should say. Um, so we'll see how it works out, man. I mean, He's done a lot of things right, like you said, just from a PR standpoint, front office standpoint, in terms of public relations. Let's see it on the field. Let's see some smart personnel decisions. Um, and and I, I also want to know what's up with him and Kyle Smith. I don't get it. It seems like Kyle Smith makes a lot of the right moves. Ron just wants one of his guys in here, I guess. that That's going to rub me the wrong way. Um, but I'm not in charge. But, you know, he's got to be judged by his decisions. And when that time comes, he will be. Right. And I, yeah, I'm a huge Kyle Smith guy. He's been nothing short of fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's just the, it's the name, the, the GM title is, is what he's chasing. And, you know, you know, people like to call him, he's a talent evaluator and he's a personnel guy. And it's like, well, he could be that still just call him GM and let somebody else do the GM stuff. Big deal. You know, have another VP of whatever. Um, they both report directly to Ron big deal. I don't, yeah. I don't really get you know, I mean, I, I don't, I think his record speaks for itself. I mean, the guys that he's found in the draft have been just like hit after hit after hit. Um, so, you know, I've just reading that he was the guy who kind of, he got overruled on Haskins. He wanted to pick Montez Sweat at 15 uh, in that draft. So after he got overruled, he somehow orchestrated the trade back up into the first round to grab Sweat late, right. that kind of thing. Um, and it's just been, you know, the guy like Terry McLaurin, a guy that he found, uh, and, you know, uh, and, um, third round yeah. my running yeah my third yeah he's a he's been money in the third round antonio gibson's the guy i was trying to think of i was like why well, can't i think of his name he's the best, <laughs> you know, running back we've had a couple of years um yeah he's been fantastic so i'm a huge guy and that'll be a massive loss especially if somebody like marty herney comes in i'll just uh well, that'd be horrible um yeah he's been fired twice from the same organization <laughs> i don't know why you'd want him you've got you know smith has just been he's been great so hopefully they can get something worked out with that um, and like you said, I think, you know, I would have loved to have seen Kevin O'Connell stick around. I think you're right where, you know, he had that relationship where, you know, Haskins is kind of used to being coddled and he had kind of had, you know, O'Connell kind of had his ear. I don't know that Scott Turner did. Um, yeah. You know, some of those decisions that Ron has made, uh, you know, I still question a little bit, but, you know, he's in charge. I'm not. And overall, I, you know, I'm still happy with Ron. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going I'm to give him a chance for sure. What do you want to see out of this next game? Just to just to give yourself a to uh, feel good, win or lose, let yourself feel good about it going into the offseason or going into the playoffs. Yeah, I guess it's a, a question of, like, I want to see Alex Smith healthy and play well if they're going to the playoffs. If Alex Smith isn't healthy, I don't want to see Haskins even suited up. Um I will just roll with uh, Heineke and Montez and let them, you know, just let Heineke throw deep all game. You know, he'll have a Rex Roseman type game, I'm sure. Uh, he has the, you know, the he has the college football record for like he threw like 700 yards in a game at, at ODU. Did you know that? 
I, I want to see that. that. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Heineke throw for 700 yards next week. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I just want to see, you know, no serious injuries. Um, you know, if Alex Smith's healthy, I think that, that Philly's a winnable game. Um, now, especially they don't have anything to play for uh, after today. Um, so I think it's a winnable game. I think it's a game, you know, with Smith that they can win. If they don't have Alex Smith, I don't really care if they win or lose because I just I don't think they'll win. I, I think Jalen Hurts will outplay whatever quarterback the Washington can trot out. So I just want to see nobody get hurt um, and just enjoy one more football game this year before I have to start watching teams I don't like. Um, yeah, so, you know, it all depends uh, on uh, the right calf of uh, Mr. Alex Smith. If he if he's healthy, I want to see them win. If he's not, you know, just go play hard, score some touchdowns, make it a fun game to watch. I definitely don't want to see Dwayne Haskins throw another pass. For <laughs> That's really what I don't want to see. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, no, no major injuries because I would hate to see somebody go out with a year long injury week 17 or 18 or whatever week it is. It just we don't need that because that's going to stun yeah. our growth next year. And you know how it is. So um, no ACL, no Achilles, none of that stuff. Of that stuff. And, yeah. you know, Alex Smith, I, I, I personally think this is probably his last professional game. Um, just because I'm, I'm inclined to believe that the calf issue he's dealing with now is a product of the surgically repaired leg and some of the compensation he has to make for his lack of natural function with that leg. Uh, and I think because of that, I think he's going to have to realize that, you know, father time is undefeated and it's time to hang him up. But, um, if it is go out and ball out, Alex Smith, enjoy yourself. You know, you, you came back from a heck of an injury. Um, and I've been hard on him all year because I don't like him as a quarterback. He's not what I want to <laughs> see. But I can't take away from the fact of what he fought through to get to this point. And that should absolutely be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to see him come back. Calf injuries are you, – you used to play basketball with me. You know about my calf injuries. I know how tough they are to deal with because you just think they feel better. And you go out and you're like, yeah, I'm good. And then you take one step and it pops again and you're, you know, you're sitting out for two weeks. So I know how tricky those are. And then, you know, compounded with that horrible leg injury that he had, you could very well be right. This could be his last game. So if it is, I'd like to see him play in it. Um, you know, I'd like to see him out there one last time. Uh, I have like, the, you know, I, early on in his tenure, I was really frustrated with him. But once I figured out like what his game was, I was like, yeah, I kind of respect how he plays and I get it. Um, and, you know, the win-loss records is what it is. So I would rather have him out there than not. Um, you know, maybe you can make a comeback next year. Mentor, mentor Sam Darnold for us. Oh, is that, is that your projection for a quarterback? <laughs> I dropped next year? the bomb right there. That'd be cool. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I don't think we're going to have a, even if we're, even if we don't win yet tomorrow, I just don't see us getting a top tier quarterback. I don't want another yeah. project. I don't right. want another Ohio state quarterback. Oh, oh, <laughs> I don't want some dude from, you know, North Dakota state who's, you know, <laughs> take a year to develop. I don't want any of that. I thought, yeah. like, if we can't get, uh, you know, if we can't get, Trevor Lawrence, I don't want anybody else that, you know, and we're not getting Trevor Lawrence. So that's not even a, a thing. So, um, yeah, I think that they could maybe look, look at the young, the trade market for some of the young quarterbacks that ha haven't developed. Right. And I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, Sam Darnold is completely ruined yet. Um, and I think, you know, even if Alex Smith is back or if Alex Smith is able to, to come back and be around him, I think that would be a good thing for him. Um, and then maybe they could, you know, get it although the jets seem to have played themselves out of the quarterback market as well because now they're they're definitely not getting trevor lawrence so they're <laughs> going to be 
they're probably going to take some, you know, Justin Fields or somebody and have to just struggle through that for the next couple of years. But maybe that'll make Darnold come available yeah, a little that, sooner than. I think, you know, I like cheaper. Yeah, and I, I like Darnold. I, I don't think he's coming here because I think he's probably too well thought of and he'll probably go to a better situation, possibly like a New England or something like that. What I see for this organization um, is something like a Marcus Mariota. Uh, that's that's my current projection to come here and be our starter next year. I don't love it, but I think he fits what Scott Turner wants to do. He's mobile. He's basically Alex Smith with maybe a little bit more live arm than Alex Smith has. My personal preference would be somebody like a Jacoby Brissett. I think he could probably be a little bit more mobile than even Mariota. Um, his arm pops sometimes. I, I like that idea, but I think we'll probably end up with a Mariota. He's going to be the right price. Because while we have a lot of cap room, we got some guys to resign and we need a lot of free agents <laughs> to help this team win. And I don't think yeah. that we're going to be passive because I think this defense really is ready to go. So we can't yeah. spend three years developing draft picks, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I'm actually my big uh, my big free agent target, honestly, is somebody like Allen Robinson um, yeah. with the money we have that they'll have. I think he'd be a great pickup. He's going to get paid, um, and it could be another situation where he wants to go somewhere that, you know, isn't D.C. like Amari Cooper last year. Um, but he's really just, you know, I'd like to, you know, he probably wants to play with a decent quarterback for once, so maybe he doesn't want to come here. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that would be somebody like him would be a, a big free agent target for me. Mariota doesn't seem like a bad idea. And, uh, you know, we learned, you know, seven years after he was drafted that actually what nine years after he was drafted that Ryan Tannehill is actually a good quarterback. So that could still happen for Mariota as well. Exactly. Um, exactly. I just, I want to put all the Cam Newton rumors to bed. He doesn't fit what they're well, trying to do here. It's not happening. No. Let's move on. Right. I'm okay with that. No Cam Newton. He's proven this year. He's done. Yeah. It's over, he just man. can't run like he used to. If he can't, he's if he can't run, he can't. You know, he's not a good enough pure passer um, to to just you know to last in the league. Absolutely, he had a good run though. Good for him. I would have taken him four years ago, but one hundred, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. All right, Eric.